Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Coming. Pick it. Down the near sideline, and that ball is hauled in. George Pickens with the reception, 35 yards against Natron Brooks. Yeah, it's just an unbelievable throw and catch. You're giving your guy a chance to go up and get it. Coming. Wow. I, I mean, I don't even know if I have the proper words at this point to describe what we are seeing from the Pittsburgh Steelers offensively, defensively. Special teams is looking solid. Danny Smith. I mean, you could not have asked for, frankly, anything better out of this team this preseason. There was gripes and grievances. Should the starters play? Should the Stars play in this final preseason game against the Atlanta Falcons? But look, the Steelers will not play another game. It'll be the regular season opener at Ackershire Stadium, Heinzfield, against the San Francisco 49ers on September 10th. 17 days the next time that the Steelers will play a football game. So, should the starters have played? Should the starters have not played? Cam Hayward did not. James Daniels did not play. Everybody else did. And everybody else looked incredible. And you kind of wondered, after the first preseason game against Tampa Bay went so well for the first-team offense, right down the field, George Pickens... Hooky juke move, make a defender look stupid out in space to walk into the end zone. Great throw from Kenny Pickett to drop it right in the bucket on a pass over the middle, using the middle of the field. And then you say, okay, you face the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen in the first team for Buffalo, offense, defense, Sean McDermott and Mike Tomlin know each other from college, really good friends. They probably game plan to see, let's go with our ones against your ones, best against best. We don't play each other in the regular season. Let's go out there and give it the best matchup that we can. And the Steelers offense, after going one for one, first team against Tampa Bay, score quickly, Pickens from Pickett. They go two for two at home against the Buffalo Bills in the first team offense. Again, looked solid. Nick Herbig, two more sacks for who looks like potentially the steal of the draft. And now, you think to yourself, you know, is it that much of a difference, the 17 days compared to roughly 20, 21, about 22 days, if you just did not have the starters play after the Buffalo game? And I was okay with some of the guys not playing. I was okay with TJ Watt not playing, Cam Hayward not playing, Kenny Pickett playing a series, but letting Patrick Peterson, new to the defense, letting letting Joey Porter play a lot, letting Keanu Benton play a lot, Really not letting Isaac Sayamalo play more than one drive or George Pickens or any of those guys. But still, I mean, it is a big difference between how many games you're missing. The offense came out and again did not skip a beat. And it was the same thing for the defense. The defense pitched a shutout. 24 to nothing. I mean, seriously, I understand this is the preseason. 
But if the Steelers were looking horrendous, going three and out on every drive, the defense was giving up big play after big play, we'd be bashing them and saying, well, we don't feel really good about the Steelers and knocking off a win or two from the total win total. But it's the other way around than what it's been in years past. This team looks incredible. And yeah, it is the preseason, and Atlanta did not play their first team players, but this is exactly what Kenny Pickett and the offense should be doing. If they weren't doing this against second stringers, backups, these aren't necessarily the guys that won't be on the roster, but we'd be bashing them. We'd be saying how bad the Matt Canada offense looks. These scripted plays that Matt Canada is calling early on in the game were working. The offense, first team, right away, down the field, scored. George Pickens, 30-plus yard route, 34 yards down the sideline, set it up to get to the one-yard line. Najee Harris from one yard out, scored. And then the defense, quick stop, get the ball back, and they score again with Jalen Warren. Anthony McFarlane also got into the end zone. What has just been so mind-blowing to me is that the Steelers have outscored their opponents 78-32. to They shut out Atlanta. They shut them out. And part of this is Tampa Bay and Atlanta. I mean, the Steelers dominated both games. And these are teams with, these are teams in transition. These are teams with a lot of players that are fighting for spots. This isn't like Buffalo where you know exactly who their main guys are going to be. And even in that case, the Steelers defense went out and dominated Josh Allen. I mean, they threw him around like a rag doll on one occasion when Josh Allen, where, again, it's the preseason, was running around for his life trying to make it a play like it was a divisional round playoff game, and it was fourth and 25, and he was scrambling, and eventually it just went down because you don't want to take a big hit in the preseason. Kenny Pickett was four for four, 86 yards. Kenny Pickett, this preseason, 13 of 15, 86% completion rating, 200 yards passing, 13 yards per completion, two touchdowns, no interceptions, along with 35 yards passing, a rating perfect of 158.3. 158.3. Kenny Pickett last season threw for seven touchdowns, nine interceptions, 2,400 yards, he averaged six yards per completion. The offense has opened up. And it's not just, I just can't imagine the way that they've been running the offense this preseason with, okay, we're going to run it, depend a little bit on Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. I like that. I like that one-two punch. I like Najee for 60% of the carries. I like Jalen Warren for 40% of the carries. Neither of them get burned out. They can spell each other, and they're both good in different situations. You can even have Najee be your closer. And I'm not comparing these two players in terms of their overall career because one's a Hall of Famer, but Jerome Bettis was a closer down the stretch for good Steelers teams with Willie Parker. I'm not saying that Jalen Warren is Willie Parker and Najee Harris is Jerome Bettis, but the last time that the Steelers had a dependable one-two punch, other than, you could say, Le'Veon Bell and D'Angelo Williams, it was those two during the 5 run. And that's something that you can look forward to with the Steelers' offense. You know, I'm not into this 
big hot take opinion that the Steelers are going to go some obscure 14 and 3 now that I've seen this from the offense but yeah I moved from 10 and 7 to 11 and 6 you can even convince me 12 and 5 I mean the schedule is pretty favorable they don't play a ton of teams that are just world beaters and expected to be dynamic contenders in the AFC when you look at the most difficult matchups on the season, you get Jacksonville at home. You get San Francisco at home. Other than your division, you're at the Rams. That could be a little bit challenging depending on how L.A. is. But you get the Titans on a Thursday night game. And the Steelers in prime time for whatever reason. They'll probably be wearing color rush. They just absolutely dominate everybody in color rush uniforms in prime time for whatever unearthly reason it is. They get the Packers, a Packers team without Aaron Rodgers. The Cardinals, who are horrendous. The Patriots at home on a Thursday night. You don't have to go to Foxborough in primetime. The Colts. At Seattle's pretty hard on New Year's Eve. But overall, the Steelers compared to other teams, you got to play the Texans. You get the Raiders on Sunday night football. Which that stadium will probably be half Steeler fans anyway. I really just have so much optimism. I can see the light at the end of this tunnel. And I expected Kenny Pickett to take a little bit of a jump. But, I mean, he is a completely different player. Guys, the confidence that Kenny Pickett is putting on the field. Andrew Filippone might be the biggest Kenny Pickett supporter in the world outside of maybe Pat Narduzzi, his wife, his family. I mean, I'm up there contending for what would you say, 10th? Kenny Pickett, I wanted the Steelers to draft him no matter what, like it was the movie draft day. Write it on the post-it note, Kenny Pickett no matter what. And I saw a lot of things that I liked from Pickett in the back half of of the year. When he's able to go on those four game-winning drives to help this team go from two and six to knocking on the door of the playoffs, and I understand the gripe of Mike Tomlin's Oh, he hasn't finished under 500 before, but that's a real thing. I mean, you got to give Tomlin credit for that. It's been a long time that he's coached his team since Bill Cowher retired after the Super Bowl. Is Pickett to Pickens one of the next best duos in all of football? Could this be the next Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase? The next, I'm not going to say Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill. Could it be Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs? I'm not saying that those are the they're the players they are right now, but I mean, I think George Pickens is the top five receiver in all football. You saw that throw from Kenny Pickett to Pickens, caught one yard line, out of bounds, set up the one yard score from Najee Harris. How many wide receivers make that play? How many quarterbacks can drop it in the bucket like that? And I think that's the most impressive thing about Kenny Pickett. He's making all the throws. He's making the routine throws look easy. He's making the difficult throws look pretty easy. And they're the throws of 20-plus yard variety down the field. There has not been a pass this season. There's not been many plays this season that I've seen from Kenny Pickett where I go, oh, he maybe really wants that one back. And again, it's the preseason. I get it. And they're not always going up against first-team guys. Buffalo is the only time that they did. But this is just damn impressive what we're seeing from this team. 
to the point where, again, if they were struggling, we'd bash them. But the fact that they've been darn right perfect, Kenny Pickett has been perfect, 158.3 passer rating, it just continues to enthuse optimism. The offensive line is meshing well. There's a point of emphasis to run behind Isaac Sayamolo. And it comes back to the fact of Omar Khan putting all his chips into multiple different baskets, spreading the money around because you're not paying your star quarterback. You're not paying George Pickens, who by hell, maybe even at this point, is your number one wide receiver. And if Deontay Johnson is your two, that's fantastic as well. With Calvin Austin, really, potentially, he did not play last year. Let's just say hypothetically, let's call Calvin Austin a rookie. He didn't play at all last year. He's a second-year guy, but technically this is his rookie year. You're talking about Broderick Jones, where Dan Moore played a series on the right side of the offensive line yesterday. How much should we look into that? Dan Moore has held his own in the preseason. Dan Moore has looked solid. Dan Moore has looked better than Broderick Jones. You're paying Chooks core for a lot of money. I would move Dan Moore over to right, let Broderick Jones play left. I wouldn't do it now. I'd do it after week three. After you face Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, Max Crosby the first three weeks, I would let the more experienced guy in Dan Moore handle those pass rushers on the left side. But then I would have little hesitation in moving Dan Moore over. Let Chukes be your swing tackle. He's a very expensive swing tackle. He's probably the most expensive swing tackle in the entire NFL. But again, it creates another dynamic where you can have him in Darnell Washington on the outsides of the offensive line, blocking, let Pat Fryermuth play out in the slot, put him out wide, and you can continue to make this offense even more dynamic in multiple different areas. Sayamalo, though, has been fantastic for the offensive line. And you can tell the Jalen Warren 60-yard touchdown run. Left side of the line, pass Sayamalo, run that way. And you can tell that the Steelers a lot are taking a point of emphasis and running to the left. Running behind Dan Moore and Sayamalo. And letting Mason Cole also do some of the dirty work at center on the offensive line inside. And the defense looks good too. I like Joey Porter Jr. I like how Patrick Peterson has meshed with this group. Again, it's not that many snaps. Minka's going to be Minka. TJ Watt had another sack yesterday. Nick Herbig got another sack. We've got to talk about Nick Herbig when we come back. But back to Calvin Austin. It's pretty much his rookie year. So you got Broderick Jones, who traded up for a couple spots to pick at 14. He eventually is going to start. I don't think it's going to be week one. I would be stunned if Broderick Jones started week one. Just by what the Steelers have shown you. That Dan Moore will be at left, Chukes will be at right, and that Broderick Jones will be worked into this. Joey Porter Jr. at corner, they're also going to work him in. He's probably not going to be thrown into the fire right away. You'll see Joey Porter play about 20, 25 snaps defensively. Maybe special teams. But Pat Pete and Levi Wallace will be the outside corners. Chandon Sullivan in the slot. You could also put Joey Porter in the slot. Dime packages. You could bring out Keon O'Neal to play with KZ. KZ will probably be the starting safety, starting strong safety, and make it free. In this defense, the inside linebackers, Quan Alexander is your third best inside linebacker in terms of the depth chart. Quan Alexander might be your best inside linebacker in terms of pure production and pure football. I mean, he is not afraid to hit anybody. He reminds me of Ryan Shazier out there in terms of just his hard-hitting ability, the way that he's able to track down running backs, 
He's not afraid in coverage either. He's a great run stopper. There's just so many things to like about Quan Alexander as long as he stays healthy. I mean, he was once paid as a top inside linebacker in all football. He has the pedigree. He's been a pro bowler. He had a big contract with a couple of different places. He played for the Jets. He played for San Francisco. He's a good player. And on the defensive line, you have some youth with them, with Leal, with Keanu Benton. I still don't think that we've seen that much from this year yet. But those are two guys who are going to be a main factor alongside Cam Hayward. This team just has so much depth that they have not had in previous seasons. And part of that is because Kenny Pickett, you're expecting him to take this big jump. And right now, if this can carry over, which the Steelers from one preseason game to the other never missed a beat whatsoever, there's optimistic things to think about. There's a lot that you like going into San Francisco with Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, coming back from an injury, and a defense that is still solid, top of the line of anybody, probably the best defense in football. It's going to be a great test for Kenny Pickett in the offense, but to be able to have that game at home and to be able to drive this momentum that, yeah, it is a real thing, but yes, you are off 17 days. I think that's partly why Mike Tomlin wanted them to go out there for a couple of series. The Steelers' arrow is continuing to point up, and it would not surprise me whatsoever if they win the AFC North. I'm Austin Bechtold. We'll talk more about Kenny Pickett, Nick Herbig, the Steelers. We'll get into the box score ballers coming up. I'm Austin Bechtold, 9-7 The Fan. Three and out. Pickett from the shotgun. Taking a shot down the sideline. Completes the pass. Deontay Johnson with the long completion from Kenny Pickett. Yeah, and Breon Borders is the guy I just talked about in the open having to be. Anybody wake up and buy their Super Bowl tickets this morning? I mean, that's the way that if this was like in week uh, 14, 15, you'd be feeling about the Steelers team. It's the preseason. There's a lot of football to play. We haven't even played a damn game that counts yet. But there is so much to like about this team. And look, I'm not just going to come out, you know, and lie and say the team looks, you know, so fantastic and it's preseason and that's just trying to fanboy out on it. It's just the, the absolute truth of the matter. Kenny Pickett has been nearly flawless. The pass that he made to George Pickens on the near sideline was right on the money. The pass he threw to Deontay Johnson, dropping it in the bucket early in the first quarter, far side of the field, was again right there in between two defenders. He just looks like a completely different player. He looks confident. He looks composed. He looks poised. Kenny Pickett just looks like a true, dependable franchise quarterback. And I'm very curious to see how that can continue into the regular season. And, you know, have we... Oh, man. Have we been too harsh on Matt Canada? Let's see, like, 10 games in the regular season before we answer that question. But are we too optimistic about Nick Herbig? Man, I don't know how you can't be. He has been a camp darling. He's just... I don't even know if I have the correct words for Nick Herbig. Because it's tough for me when I start to see guys that are younger than me going out there and having just huge success on an NFL field. Nick Herbig is 21. He's born the same year as me, 2001. And he was born in November. He's a couple months. I was born in March. He's born in November. So he is 
eh, roughly not great at math off the top of my head. What? Seven months? Eight months? Older than me? Okay. Regardless, he has three and a half sacks in the preseason and a forced fumble. Three and a half sacks and a forced fumble. He was a fourth-round pick. In terms of, if we count Calvin Austin, who didn't play last year because of an injury, you got Broderick Jones with your first-round pick, 14th overall. Joey Porter Jr. was the 32nd pick. Second-round pick, Porter, fantastic. Pick from the Bears. Everything, really, everything that you could that you could have wanted out of any deal you got from Chase Claypool, to be able to get Joey Porter Jr. could be, again, another steal in the draft. Where if Broderick Jones wasn't there, the Steelers could have easily picked him at pick 17. Keanu Benton. Also, somebody that potentially could mold into a starting role by the middle of the season. He could even be a starter in the first couple of weeks of the season. It would not surprise me. Benton was a second-round pick. Your second second-round pick with Joey Porter Jr. Then Darnell Washington, third-round pick out of Georgia. Calvin Austin was another third-round pick. And then you get to Nick Herbig. That's a decent amount of guys before you even get to Herbig. And I know Calvin Austin was last year's draft class, and hypothetically speaking, we're just throwing him into the mix here just because, you know, why not? Nick Herbig has had the most, he's been the most impactful player out of anybody that the Steelers drafted this season, this past year in the 2023 draft. And I mean, he's just been everything, and I mean everything, that you could ask for out of any type of wide receiver. Calvin Austin was a fourth-round pick, my apologies, but... Again, so let's loop him in there with Nick Herbig. You're talking Calvin Austin, Nick Herbig, two guys who were fourth-round picks. Austin, in terms of his speed, how dynamic he is. Because, but for both guys, their position room is deep. Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Allen Robinson. Then you get to Calvin Austin. TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, Marcus Golden, and then you get to Nick Herbig. Nick Herbig might be better than Golden at this point and has earned his way to becoming your third outside linebacker. So there's a lot of things to like about Herbig. And you got to find a way to just put him on the field. He had another sack last night in Atlanta. He's just a monster. He just produces. He just finds a way to get to the quarterback. You could tell he's learned from TJ Watt with some of the moves that he makes just right off the snap. He's fooling right tackles all over the place. And it's encouraging to see you could just dip into the well of Wisconsin and find a guy that maybe, I mean, it does not make me regret the Alex Highsmith contract, but it does make me wonder where you're going to play Nick Herbig and if you played him as a full-time starter, what his role would look like. But at the same time, he might be better off with just 15 snaps, spelling TJ Watt and spelling Highsmith and being able to stay fresh and get to the quarterback that way. You got to remember, these college guys only play 12 games, 13 games in a, in a season, 17 games plus playoffs in the NFL. Some of them are gassed by the end of the year. That was not the case with Kenny Pickett. Now, he didn't start until later on in the season, around the bye week. 
And then he ended up looking better as the season continued to go on. So that's a factor there. But overall, there's a lot to like from Nick Herbig. Find a way to get him on the field. And it looks like that that'll be the case. It's got to be the case against San Francisco as well to pair him with the making a three-headed monster. Hell, even four with Golden along with TJ Watt. And our good friend Alex Hyphens, who just got paid. More coming up. Fanoy Morning Show. I'm Austin Bechtel with you on Sports Radio 97 The Fan. Fanoy Morning Show. One final thing for you. I'm Austin Bechtel. Crowley brought the ruckus this week. Yes, sir. You like that, huh? You like that one, horse? As you like that. How about the Pitt Penn State discussion that sparked really national conversation this week? Just real quickly in the last minute or so. I don't think that. Penn State fans, players, maybe coaches are afraid of Pitt. But I I do think that there are some people at Penn State that do think that, hey, we will not schedule Pitt just because, and I mean, in 2016, this is just the evidence of it, in 2016, Pitt beat Penn State in what was the best Penn State team in a long time. And the Saquon Barkley team, Rose Bowl teams that were, I mean, that Penn State Rose Bowl team against USC in one of the greatest games in Rose Bowl history with Juju Smith-Schuster playing for USC, Sam Darnold, all the above. I mean, that's one reason why the Penn State did not make the playoffs. And I mean, I do think it's fair, Pitt, Penn State, the game should be played. There's no doubt about that. It should be played every year. I'd love to see Pitt play West Virginia to begin the year, Penn State to close the year, or maybe the other way around. I don't care. Just see, I'd love to see these games again because I think Pitt would do it. I think Pitt would want to play it because I think Pitt has more to gain. Penn State has more to lose than they have to gain to play the game. Pitt has more to gain than they do to lose in the game. I think that's just kind of the reality of it, but I want to see the game played. I think it should be played. It's just right for college football that is played. And it sparked a lot of national discussion, national controversy. All brought to you here on the Fan Morning Show, which is coming up next with the pre-show, 937 The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.